So has this ever happened to you? You are, you are someplace, event, party, work, whatever, and you're about to go home. And so you, you, you get in your car, and the next thing you realize, you're at home. And everything is just kind of a blur from the moment you stepped into your car to the moment you stepped out of your car. It's like, it's like you were on autopilot, essentially, and you just you got home and you're really glad you didn't hit anything, right? And you get home and you're kind of like, I'm, uh, what happened? You look at your watch, I guess time went by, right? Or, or maybe you're, you've had days like this where you wake up and you go to work and then you get home and someone's like, hey, how was your day? What'd you do? And you have to stop for a minute and go, I don't know. I had work. I remember going there. But now, and, and so we've got these moments in our life where essentially we're, we're on autopilot. We just go, we're just marching forward and we get locked in or fixated on what we have to do and, and nothing else really matters in those moments. For me, I'm super guilty of this. I feel like I can have so much to do that I just, I don't like being interrupted. I, I just, I want to focus. I want to get things done so I can get on to the next day where I have to focus and get a lot of things done and seems to be a pattern there. But kind of reminds me, this may date me and I'm sorry, kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, the white rabbit. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I, I have that memorized, but that's whatever that means. But, but that's the idea, right? I've got to go. I, I've just, I've got too much going on. Please leave me alone. And, I, and you know, it's funny because, well, I don't know if it's funny, but it's the truth. I'm pretty sure the only reason I'm faithful to God is because I was raised in a family that pointed me towards God. Because for me personally, again, I'm not the type of person that likes to be interrupted. So if one of you brave individuals were to pull me aside, I would have smiled and nodded and ignored you and just kept walking. But because my parents did this with my head and said, you're going to focus this way. I was like, oh, that's a good idea, right? And so my life was on the right track. And actually, I have a lot of uh, respect for many of you that allowed someone to stop you on the street and say, hey, do you have a minute to talk? And your response was, well, yes, because <laughs> I would have said no. <laughs> and so I, I have great respect for you. But I think so oftentimes we have this in our life, right? We get focused. We get fixated on kind of what we have to do and we don't leave any room for interruption. But as we, as we look at ourselves, I want us to ask a question this morning. Are we willing to be disrupted by Jesus? Are we willing to have our lives interrupted by God's plan? Or are we just going to continue to march our own way? So the title of my lesson this morning is Left, Right, Left. Left, right, left is a popular chant that we often see kind of in, in military movies, in that military environment. It's meant to be a cadence, a way for soldiers to keep a rhythm as they march, right? And so there's like song, left, 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 right, left. I mean, I've never marched personally, but that's what I've been told it is, right? And so, but it's a cadence to help people keep pace, to just keep going. And I think about that, if, I know in like, basketball someone started chanting that during a run one time and it was this long run and I was just focusing on the marching I don't focus on anything else I don't focus on how tired I am I'm just focusing on going and just going 
And I think oftentimes we can do this. We're just focused on going. We're fixated on moving forward, but we're not really stopping to allow Jesus to come in to our lives. And, and what happens is while we, we start marching, we can kind of become oblivious to everything else that's going on. And so I want you to really think about this. Many of us are marching in a direction. In fact, all of us are marching in a direction. But a question we have to ask is where are we marching? What are you personally marching towards? For some of us, we hope it's Jesus. And we hope that's the direction we're going. But are we sure? You know, recently we've been looking at the cross, and that's a good thing. And we've been examining people that stood near the cross, that, that saw personally had an impact, uh, the cross and, and had an impact on them. And today is no different. But today we're going to focus on someone who didn't just see the cross, but he literally carried it. And so our focus of today's lesson is going to be on Simon from Cyrene. And so not much is known about this man. His name is Simon. He's from Cyrene. And I love how the Bible makes that easy, amen? Um, but it doesn't get too much, but Cyrene is in North Africa. And this man traveled a long way, probably with his family, to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. And when he gets there, I'm sure he had a plan, but that plan was interrupted. Mark 15, verse 21. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and of Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross. They being the Roman soldiers. They forced him to carry the cross. This passage says Simon's just walking by. He wasn't there for the crucifixion. He, he wasn't someone that was taunting and mocking Jesus. There's a good chance he just showed up, heard something, and he turned. And then all of a sudden, he was a part of this, this big, world-changing moment. There, honestly, there's just a good chance he had no idea what was going on. And, and so all of a sudden, Jesus falls to the ground, unable to carry the cross that has been put on his back. And the Roman soldiers look in the crowd and find Simon and say, Hey, you, come here. You need to do this. Come here now, you're carrying this man's cross. And so I, I stared at this passage for a little bit, and I had to ask, why Simon? There are plenty of people there. I mean, uh, a lot of people wanted to see this event. Why Simon? Well, my, my best guess is coming in town from this event, it was probably pretty obvious he was an out-of-towner based on the clothes that he was wearing. And so they would have picked someone like him because he had no dog in this fight. So he wasn't going to try to help Jesus escape here, or he wasn't going to get the job done too quickly by killing him. So it was just an onlooker who had no dog in this fight. Okay, you're going to be the one that is going to walk this man to his death. So again, I want to back up even a little bit more here, okay? Look at the big picture. Simon was probably coming in for the Passover. Cyrene is about 780 miles from Jerusalem little far, which meant it would have taken about a month to get there by walking. So all I can say is that's that next level commitment. When I'm, you know, if I'm hungry and I'm driving by a drive through and I see more than two cars, I'm like, ah, it seems like a long way. <laughs> no, thanks. You know what I'm saying? But this guy, he, he set out for one month. I'm going 
to celebrate the Passover. And traveling that long, I'm sure Simon was tired. I'm sure he'd been thinking about, either by himself or with his family, all the things he wanted to do when he got there. Maybe he had some friends in town. Maybe he had some favorite places he wanted to see. Maybe there were some touristy things he wanted to do. Simon, traveling to Jerusalem, had a plan. But then he ended up in the, the wrong place at the right time. And those plans were drastically changed. It's a a very interesting way to see and meet Jesus for the first time. Because I'm pretty sure this was the first time he had heard about Jesus. As far as I know, Jesus wasn't doing mission work out in Cyrene in North Africa. He, He was pretty regionalized up to that point. Simon wasn't from the area. So I'm fairly certain that he didn't know who this was. So, so why, after the, why then, after he was done, did Simon's life change forever? How was it this little brief moment in history, or not even history, this brief moment, like minutes maybe, changed this whole man's world? I think there's just something about Jesus. See, Mark mentions two names along with Simon in the passage. He mentions the sons Alexander and Rufus. These names would have been mentioned because the people reading probably would have known who that is. And church history tells us that Alexander and Rufus were actually missionaries. In Romans 16, Paul tells the church to greet Rufus and Rufus' mother. Because as Paul puts it, she is like a mother to me. So how did a man who had never heard of Jesus end up at the wrong place at the wrong time carrying this man's cross, get to a point where his whole life is changed, his whole family history is changed, and as far as we know, Jesus never said one word to him. I just think there was something about Jesus. There was something about this man that caused Simon to just stop and stare. You know, recently, with all my free time... I've been reading a book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about this idea that we can identify people's character just by getting a glimpse or a snapshot of their short lives. And my dad said, wow, because he didn't know I read, you know. So, <laughs> so amen. But, but I did read it, and I am reading this, and amen. So, but this book talks about this idea of we can understand people just by a, a quick glimpse snapshot of their life. In fact, he tells a couple stories. One of them is about this research group. And they take this married couple, a few of them, and they put them in a room together, right? And so husband, wife, and then they put a divider up in the middle. And then they watch them talk for an hour. And after one hour of just talking about anything, the research group can actively predict to a 95% accuracy if this couple will make it or not. 95% just staring at them. And then if they take any part of that slide and they take out just 15 minutes of it, they can accurately predict within 90 percentile of if this couple will make it or not just by examining that 15-minute section. They figured out, hey, we can see it. It's obvious. And then there's this other, uh, there's other study where a researcher, they want to know if you can tell the difference between a good doctor and a bad doctor just by listening to them. And so they took uh, hundreds of doctors... And they put them in this study. 
Half of them had never been sued before, and the other half had been sued at least twice, twice for malpractice suits. And so they, they listened to these conversations, just the conversation between patient and doctor, and they were able to accurately predict who was a good doctor and who was a bad doctor based just on the conversation. But then they're like, okay, we want to take this one step further. So they took 20 seconds from the doctors, 20 seconds from the patients, and then they cut out the high frequency noise, meaning they took out all the words. So it was like listening to a conversation between Charlie Brown's parents. You get what I'm saying? And they could predict accurately just on those noises, who's a good doctor and who's a bad doctor, who's been sued and who's not been sued. And the point of this study is that we have the ability to understand people quicker than we think we can, but we also have the ability to give off a lot about ourselves quicker than, than we even realize. And what I learned is these brief interactions can often, or actually these brief interactions can ultimately change someone's world. Uh, that sense that you get when you look at somebody, if you know how to understand that, there's a good chance you're right. And so Simon just saw Jesus. Something was different. But think of the environment here for a moment, okay? So Simon's walking with Jesus, carrying the cross. What does he know? Well, he knows it's a criminal. He knows Jesus is a criminal. He knows that people don't seem to like him because they're cursing, they're spitting on him, they're maybe throwing stuff at him. He's unloved in a lot of senses by the community. The Romans may have thought this was a bad guy because they were in a hurry to get this guy up on that cross. Hey, we got to move this process along here. Simon, you need to take this cross. You need to take him up there. there was no, then this is the impression from the outside world that Simon had of Jesus. But when he looked at him, he didn't see any of that. He saw love. He probably felt comforted. Enough so that he was willing to change his whole world for him. Just in that brief interaction, willing to change his whole world. Simon was okay with his life being interrupted for Jesus. Are we? Are we okay with our lives being interrupted for Jesus' glory? Good question. I, I hope so. But I think we got to be honest with ourselves. Because if we are our lives may look a little bit different than they do. We may be a little bit more willing to serve just because, uh, God, whatever you need. We may be willing to go a little bit further than I think we think we're capable of because, oh yeah, I'll push myself for God. Whatever that looks like. You know, for me personally, finding a quiet place in my house house is, is not easy. And so we, Olivia gets that, right? So we, we decided, Kelly and I, okay, we're going to put my office in the closet because we're like, okay, the girls surely won't come back there. They have the whole house to play in. Now, <clears throat> the girls love coming in the closet to interrupt me. Holly, my oldest, and I, and I love her. She loves coming in to inform me uh, about the new things she's learning. Or she wanted to tell me the other day she lost her first tooth what she was very excited about. But she just loves to come in, regardless of what's going on, to tell me about her day. Jilly, my middle child, loves to sneak in and try to hide. 
She loves to uh, slowly open the door and likes to try to sprint behind the chair and sit quietly hoping I don't see her. Which we're working on the whole quiet thing. But she's, every time she wants to just come in for no rhyme or reason, she just wants to sneak in and, and try to hide. Jilly's the opposite, or Penny's the opposite. Penny will throw the door open and then usually she'll want to show me what's in her mouth because she's eating probably candy that she's stolen, right? She wants to show me her candy or she wants to do her silly voice where she just manipulates, oh, whoa, 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 and then she just does this and then she walks out. I don't know if she wants me to engage with her, but she just wants to show me that she has a silly voice. My children love to interrupt me. They love to be near their dad. And I like that too. I have no issues with my children ever coming in and interrupting me. Not one. Why? Because those are my children. (laughs) I am okay with them coming in. These are my daughters. For sure, I'll always be okay with them interrupting me. And I feel like God does this with us too. We are his children. You know, he's kind of busy with the whole world thing and... He's still okay with us interrupting him. Yeah. In fact, he welcomes it. Yeah. He wants us to engage him. He wants us to, to talk to him and, and, and connect with him and be with him. Yeah. He welcomes the distraction. But see, what I've noticed from this relationship that we have with God, we're okay with distracting him, but we're not okay with him distracting us. We don't really like him walking in on our plans. We don't. Because we want to do what we want to do, and we'll get to God and be with him on our time, and then, you know, and then i got to work and really focus over here, and I'll get back to God when I can answer that call. And that's a lot of times how we view God. But when I look at the cross, and I see Simon, I notice that Simon had to walk with Jesus. Jesus was a little beaten up, a little broken, a little bruised, he wasn't going to be jogging at any time soon to the cross. In fact, I don't know if walking is a great way to describe what he was doing. Just falling over and catching himself as he slowly, step by step, worked his way. So Simon had to walk with him at his pace as they approached the cross. See, we have to understand this, okay? If you don't get anything else from this lesson, take this. Walking with Jesus is way different than him walking with us. Walking with Jesus is different than him walking with us. Because when we walk with Jesus, we walk at his pace. And we expect him to lead us. And expect him to control the situation. You know, I think for many of us, we, we want to go faster. Or, or maybe we think God's going too fast. But we're not in charge. God is. Jesus is. And we've got to make the decision that we're going to walk with him. For Simon, Jesus was walking him to the cross. I asked a question to start the lesson today. What are you marching towards? For Simon, Jesus was marching him towards the cross. It wasn't a sprint, but it was a very slow, hard-to-watch journey. But see, what happened was, This allowed Simon to see Jesus in the exact way he needed to see him so his whole life could be changed forever. And I think we often miss that. We're either too much in a hurry 
or too lazy to move, that we don't see Jesus going at the exact pace that you need to go at, not that you want to go at. And Jesus is walking with us, and he's showing us where we should go, but are we marching with him? Are we going with him to where he wants to lead us? Simon went, and even though they were walking towards that instrument of death, he saw Jesus, and he was okay with marching with him. He was okay with going with him. And I think about Simon. I'm pretty sure this was not a journey he wanted to go on. In fact, the passage says that he was forced. He was forced to grab this cross. It's like, hey, do this or we're going to kill you too. You don't mess around. You don't say no to the Roman soldier. Amen. You just, you go. In fact, in, in, uh, in Luke, Luke describes it as they seized Simon. They grabbed him and said, you're doing this. And so they walked. They walked to the cross. Simon didn't want to. But when he got there, it changed his whole world. What are some things in your life that you feel like God is forcing you to do? Things that seem like an inconvenience. Things that would interrupt your current plan for your life. What are those things, and and why are you saying no? What is it about your heart that resists a call from God? Wow, good question. And and so I thought about this. Maybe maybe you're sitting there, it's like, well, I just don't like being told how to live my life. Mm. Amen. Literally the whole Bible is a book telling you how to live your life. That's the whole Bible. That's exactly what it's there for. So if you don't like that, As Jesus puts it very plainly, you cannot be his disciple. Not, well, it could work out. No, you cannot be his disciple. Period. Or or maybe you just feel like you want to go at your own pace. That's what you feel. You know, Jesus isn't moving fast enough in this situation. Or Or my heart's just not ready to move on from this moment. Well, then I got a question for you. Are you leading Jesus or is he leading you? Because it sounds like it's the former. And I'm pretty sure Jesus does a better job at leading our lives than we do. Amen. Being a disciple means going as Jesus goes. Where Jesus goes. When Jesus goes. Are you okay with that? I hope so. And if you don't know what that means, we'd love to sit down and help you understand what that means and show you the scriptures. But I think the reality is if we want to walk with him, we have to walk with him. Simon allowed himself to be pushed in an area in which it made him uncomfortable. Simon had to walk with Jesus in fear of his life. He was in an area he didn't know with people he didn't know. Maybe his his language, there was a disconnect in the language. Who knows? But him being able to stand next to Jesus, being forced to stand next to Jesus, changed his world. Wow. We've just got to make a decision that we're okay with being pushed a little bit to stand next to Jesus. We're okay with being forced to just be near Jesus because that's ultimately what's going to change us. And then we've got to stop being tired. We've got to get, stop being agitated to people. It's like, you're always telling me to like read and stuff. Yes. Keep doing that, please. Amen. 
Jaime shared the mor- this morning. Hey, I'm praying in the morning. That's great, Jaime. Keep doing that. Amen. But you get what I'm saying? Like, these are good things. And when we do that, we can see God work in our lives. So as we, we begin to close here, I want to give us some new marching orders, if you will. Things that we can start doing to help us in our walk with Jesus. So number one, I think we got to be okay with going at God's pace. With Simon, Jesus could not go fast. He was in no condition to run. So Simon had to go slow and had to walk with him. You see, sometimes I feel like we can be too much in a hurry or maybe we're just too stagnant. It's like we want to run or we don't want to move because we're lazy. I've been on both ends of that. But, but for Simon, he had to go at the pace that Jesus was going. Yeah. You know, many of you know uh, Derek Vett. Derek leads the East uh, region uh, over the McKinney, Plano, everywhere area. He's, he's a great guy. And I worked with him for a few years. And I just had one small issue with this guy. This man walks fast. Like, like uncomfortably fast. <clears throat> and he's training me and, and we're talking and I feel like half the time I don't hear what he's saying because I'm so busy breathing heavily and I can't hear because this man is just, he's just gone. And so eventually I, I didn't understand it and I just, I get so frustrated. But then eventually I went to Russia with him. Now, Derek planted many churches over in Russia and over there, it's, he's a celebrity over there and it's hilarious, but that's a whole nother story. But What I learned is, and he knew this, if you want to get to places on time, you have to walk fast in Russia because you're going to need to catch the metro. And if you miss it, you're going to miss that one, which will have you miss the next one, which will miss the next one, and now you're late. And so for him, he walks fast because that's how he got to places. And I just remember going, all of this makes sense now. Because when we were there, we have to walk fast. (laughs) Otherwise, we're going to be late. And, I, and so once I understood that, I was like, I get this. And, and, and now I have no issues because I totally understand it. And see, here's, here's what I'll say. My heart was in a place where I had to understand something before I was okay with it. And that's my sin. I think sometimes we just got to be okay with it and hope God helps us understand. Why are we doing this? We're figuring it out. Okay, God's working. We're okay. And that doesn't mean we don't ask questions. That doesn't mean we don't engage, but I think we just, okay, God, I trust you. God, what are you doing with my life? Why are these things happening? I, I trust you. And I think we got to let God go at his pace and we be okay with catching up. If we look at the Bible, the passage, uh, I believe it's in Luke, said, then Jesus opened their minds so they could understand. So they walk with Jesus for three years and really don't know what's going on. And then they're like, oh, I get it now because God allowed it. God opened their minds. God will do that. He will open our minds, but sometimes it's going to take a while. And we have to be okay in trusting God through the process. Amen? So I think number one, we just got to be okay at going at God's pace. Number two, we've got to push ourselves. I want us to push ourselves to do something that you feel like you're being forced by God to do. Push yourself to do something you feel forced by God to do. Many of us don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable. Actually, believe though God likes it when we're uncomfortable I think he thrives on it because that means we have to rely on him more means we have to trust him more I'm not a huge fan of traveling to places where I don't speak the language because I just smile and go okay I hope this works out you know what I'm saying because it's uncomfortable but God's like I'm okay with that because I want you to trust me more in whatever it is we do so I want us to make a decision 
that we're going to do something that we feel like God is forcing us to do. God's compelling you. He's putting it on your heart to be out there and be something better than you are right now. And I want you to step out on faith and do it. You need to talk to somebody first, though. Jaime's available, okay? So, but, but definitely step out on faith and do it. And I think allow God to work with you as you step outside your comfort zone. Because, you know, I'm very excited for what God's doing up here. I'm very excited about all the new friends that are going to come up to join us. And we're all going to be in a different place. And we may all have different roles. I have no idea. But we just got to be okay with God and his plan for our lives. And, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? Let's do this together. I'll finish with this. I don't want our lives to be filled uh, with us marching mindlessly from one place to the next. I don't want our minds to just be overwhelmed and just so over-focused and hyper-focused on what's in front of us that we miss God altogether. The Bible does say don't look to the left or to the right, but it also says keep your eyes on Jesus. I think that's what we've got to be fixated on in looking at what he's trying to do with us. I want us to be able to walk with Jesus like Simon did and be able to see the cross like he saw it. And then he was able to see Jesus and see the love and his whole world changed forever. And I believe when we do this, God will continue to mold us into the person that he wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Thank you.